from now, you're going to be in some district somewhere with 11 or 12 uniforms looking to you for everything. And some of them are going to be good police. Some of them are going to be young and stupid. A few are going to be pieces of shit. But all of them will take their cue from you. You show loyalty, they learn loyalty. You show them it's about the work, it'll be about the work. You show them it's some other kind of game, then that's the game they'll play. I came on in the Eastern, and there was a piece of shit lieutenant hoping to be a captain, piece of shit sergeants hoping to be lieutenants. Pretty soon we had piece of shit patrolmen trying to figure the job for themselves. And some of what happens then is hard as hell to live with. Comes a day when you're going to have to decide whether or not Lost is a good TV show. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And that was a, well, that was like, I don't know, 97% of a quote from Cedric Daniels, played by Lance Reddick on Ooh. The Wire, HBO show. Rest in peace. Yeah, I think just yesterday he passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Truly, extremely sad. He's a super talented guy. So young, Um, too. I mean, he was only 60. He's 60, and I think all we've heard so far is, like, natural causes. So Mm -hmm. I guess there's nothing to speculate. But, yeah, it's very surprising. He didn't seem like he was ill in any way or had anything going on that would have made sense. Like, he he, he looked like he was, like, 40. Like, he was still jumping around in the John Wick movies and all that. So... Mm -hmm. What was your favorite yeah. Lance Reddick role? Ooh, um, I can't, I, he's great on The Wire. My problem with him in that show is that he's, like, not in very much of it. Mm-hmm. He's only in it for, like, the first two seasons, I think, really. And then he kind of shows up here and there, but he's not. And actually, he will be in Lost later on. I think he might show up in season three or four. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly when, but uh, we can uh, look forward to him then. Uh, but I think it's got to be uh, Fringe. Oh, same here. I would have okay. thought you would have said Destiny. Oh, he's he's phenomenal in Destiny. He's such a good voice actor. Yeah, I love him in Horizon Zero Dawn too. And I also just love that like he's he's got to be a nerd, you know, like yes, nerd at heart. So. That was the big thing with Destiny was that people loved that he. Uh, voiced one of the characters and also played the game. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he would like stream himself playing it online and oh, stuff. Cool. Um, yeah, he seemed like a great guy. It's a real bummer that he passed. Actually, something interesting that I did not know until uh, kind of reading about him was he was originally they wanted him for the part of uh, Echo. Oh, really? Yeah. So I think it would have been a really different character. Yeah. Because I can't imagine that they would have had him doing like a like an African accent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever seen him do that before. At the time, he was working on The Wire still. Oh, okay. So uh, he was not able to do it, um, which is, I think, why they ended up getting him in in a couple seasons. But, um, yeah, interesting to think about. I mean, Adewale Akinoye Agbaje does a phenomenal job as Echo, so mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to say. All right, well, let's jump in. This, uh, this episode, Season 2, Episode 11... The Hunting Party. Emma, first impressions on this episode. How do you feel about it? I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, probably like 8 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's the... Not a lot, like, happens really on the island. Is it's There's like a good chunk of the episode that's on the island where it's like Michael takes off like in the very first on island scene right and Mm -hmm. then there's like five or six scenes which is basically just people catching up other people about the fact that Michael's taken off but then when we get to the point where they're chasing after him and uh they they have the meeting then it's like everything's happening um all at once right uh Oscar winners Mm -hmm. um did you see that they won like basically every uh, Oscar. I mean, I did I'm see sure that, but I'm so yeah. glad that they did. Well deserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good, good movie. It's getting like a lot of pushback now. I'm seeing on Twitter, um, and I don't think it deserves it. I think to it's all a very those good people film. saying boo, I say shut up. Yes, it's a good movie. 
like, even if you don't really, even if you didn't care for the movie, you can't possibly think it was, like, worse than Green Book or something, right? right? Like, <laughs> the, which that has showed up on my TikTok recently, by the way. Uh, like, one of those things where uh, I'll, I'll get clips of Green Book set next to, like, somebody playing, like, Jungle Run mm-hmm. uh, iPhone app game. Um Awful, it seems awful movie. I, I obviously love Viggo Mortensen and I love uh, Mahershala Ali, but boy, oh boy, gosh, that looks bad. It's not on my <laughs> list to watch. I'll yeah, just say yeah, that. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> there's a really funny clip of Spike Lee. Uh, there's like a British <laughs> British um, interviewer who comes up to him at the at the Oscars and is like, you've, uh, you've kind of said in the past you're not really a big fan of Green Book. And he goes, well, you're British, right? Let's just say it wasn't my cup of tea, and then like breaks down <laughs> laughing. It's it's uh, very funny. That's pretty good. But yeah, for me, I gotta say overall, I think this is a good episode. I think that it's um, it it's fun. Like this is you know the flashbacks are just purely a medical drama, right? Like yeah, we're back in ER. Yes, exactly. The the uh, it it could have been something where like they tried to because it really. There's no, like, direct parallels to what's going on on the island, right? Mm-mm. Besides, I guess, just that Jack isn't a miracle worker there either, but we already knew that. Or that he's trying to fix Michael, I guess, but that's, like, yeah, that, a bit of a that, reach. I, I like when it does that, because basically it means that the flashback is just character development for Jack. Mm-hmm. Which, it seems weird to say, because we've probably had more episodes for him than anyone else, but I think that he does need... Uh, yeah, so, well, let's jump in. Um, this episode aired January 18th, 2006. It was written by Elizabeth Sarnoff and Christina Kim, who we've talked about on the show already. Um, I did not realize this. Elizabeth Sarnoff, I think last time I we talked about her, I talked about how she wrote for Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't show up on her bio when I looked it up, but I did find out that she actually wrote for Barry as well. She's written, like, really? on every season of that show, too. Yeah. Oh, I love Barry. And then it was uh, directed by Stephen Williams, who we've uh, we've also talked about quite a few times. So, mm-hmm. uh, And then I believe we start off in a flashback. We start with a flashback this episode. Um, so mm-hmm. we open up to Jack and Christian looking over someone's spine by x-rays. And they're whispering back and forth to each other regarding the x-rays with the man and his daughter still in the office. They're right there in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, the man is Angelo Busani, who is played by Ronald Gutman. Um, Ronald Gutman is a Belgian actor, and he has 136 acting credits. Um, oh, so he's <laughs> been in a lot of stuff. Did you recognize him at all? I did not. I did think that he looked like the uh, steering wheel guy from yeah. I Think You Should Leave. And also he has the Italian accent, so. Yeah, he even um, kind of like same mannerisms. So. Yeah. <laughs> you have no good spine ideas, Christian. <laughs> you need to marry your daddy-in-law. That's what he tells him. <laughs> um, I recognized him because he played Venice in Preacher, Um and he was oh, hilarious in that. that yeah. Okay. He's so good. Um, and his daughter, Gabriella, is played by no other than Monica Bellucci. Just kidding. But it is uh, <laughs> Monica. Um, I, I do think they look a little similar. Um, but her yes, name is Monica sure. Dean. And she has mostly TV acting credits. I didn't really recognize her um, all that much. But... Angelo and Gabriella are both rightfully annoyed that they're discussing his x-rays and whispering in front of them both. And Christian finally addresses them. Um, He tells them that the father is not a candidate for surgery. Gabriella tells Angelo and Angelo wants to know why. He can't speak English, so Gabriella is the translator. Um, Apparently the tumor is sitting on his spine in such a way that Christian feels there is nothing that can be done. Uh, Gabriella presses him on this and Christian tells them that what they're looking for is a miracle and not a surgical procedure, which is pretty rich because wasn't he just harping on Jack regarding bedside manner like yeah. a couple of yeah. years ago. So, um, <laughs> so rude. Um, but 
Angelo tells Christian that he came to see Jack and not Christian. Uh, Gabriella says that they consulted um, many medical journals and they know that Jack is really gifted and cites the surgery that he performed on his wife, Sarah. Um, Jack reiterates to her that Christian is correct about all the risks involved with the tumor, but um, Gabriella begs him to at least try. And uh, Jack decides to try. And Christian is really disappointed by this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've already seen his insane ego. Yeah. So you know it has to have, like, absolutely crushed him that they were looking for Jack and not him. Mm-hmm. That said, what do you think is Jack taking this? Is it? Do you think it's supposed to be a thing where he like was just doing it for the girl? Ooh. Or is he? I, I mean, I guess it's probably just what maybe what they imply later, which is just that he wants to fix something. Yeah, I think that we almost see like a little kindling of his ego. Yeah, for sure. You know, and then yeah. um, I think it does turn into like he doesn't want to disappoint Gabriella. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, she I mean, she's fine. I just looked it up because I, I had not looked up her name. She is uh Romanian. I know. They uh, had a Romanian and a Belgian play playing two Italians. Italians. Like there weren't any Italians around. Yeah. Which well so what's funny about that to me is that uh Matthew Fox, who plays Jack, is has been married since nineteen ninety two uh, to Italian runway model, model uh, Margarita Ronchi. He's been, they've been married, uh, and they still are, like they've been married for oh, whatever for that them. is, 50 years at this point, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, <laughs> and so it's one of those things where I'm like, wow, they, it seems like maybe you could have just had his wife come in and play. Yeah, play. seriously. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe she's just a horrific actor, but very weird that you're just like, yeah, we'll just get somebody to. Because I, I guess it's kind of the same thing that we have discovered it is with everything on the show, which is when they're speaking Italian, the accents are atrocious. Mm-hmm. But I guess it really doesn't matter to the average viewer. So On the island, Jack wakes up suddenly. He hears some sort of noise. Uh, uh, he goes to look around. He doesn't find anybody. He looks for Locke, and Locke is knocked out in the gun closet. And then coming up behind Jack, as he's looking at this, is Michael, who pulls a gun on him. Um, and he's saying that he's going to go after Walt. Jack can't stop him. Uh, Jack says, you know, are you going to shoot me, Michael? And he says, no, but I'll shoot the computer. Uh, and he also says, by the way, that computer, it's not what you think it is. Um, and then uh, he says that he has to go off alone. He's not. He can't go with anybody else. It's just for him. Um, it feels like Michael has received some sort of instructions at this point, right? Like, mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it was just, like, him deciding he had to go alone. Because it wouldn't make any sense for Michael to not want people's help. Right. Like, I think if he had said, like, I'm going, you can't stop me, Jack would have eventually agreed and they would have, you know, come up with, I guess, a hunting party mm-hmm. to go help him. So, it feels like he's being told, you have to come alone. Um, at least that's the vibe I got. Yeah, same. Michael locks them into the gun safe, uh, and or the gun closet, I suppose, and Locke wakes up. Jack uh, wants a boost to get up into the air vents, but Locke has bolted them shut since Kate got in there last time. And Matthew Fox gives a great, incredibly sarcastic, like, wow, great idea, Locke, um, <laughs> which is, I thought was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Locke has also been knocked out for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Jack, crazy. Jack, the doctor, maybe should have just uh, taken a look at those pupils real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Jack asks Locke why he let Michael in, and Locke explains that he was teaching Michael to shoot, um, which I guess was an extremely bad idea. I, I still like. I don't know. I mean, the crazy thing to me, obviously, the incredible waste of ranch, but mm-hmm. <laughs> also uh, the the thing to me, I would be like, why are you guys wasting bullets on this? Yeah. Like, they realize that nobody's going to be coming to uh, the hatch uh, for a shift uh, for the next four hours. And Jack says that they should hope that Sawyer comes to get his band-aid changed. Cut to Sawyer, asleep on the beach, as tranquil as you can get. Um, I was very jealous of him. Mm. Uh, seeing this uh, 
I haven't gotten to go sleep on a beach in a long time, and it sounds like fun. I was missing some cute sunglasses. Like, I hope we oh, see Sawyer in his yes. bright pink or Yes, he for sure sunglasses. should be wearing, like, some gigantic women's sunglasses. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Kate wakes him up to go get his bandage, uh, his bandage changed. Um, they, uh, they flirt for a little bit, I guess just getting right back into it, and then... He asks for help up, and she helps him up, and they get real close. How are we feeling about this? The okay uh, the Sawyer-Kate dynamic. Yeah, really it feels am. better now, right? Yeah. Yeah. feels a um, lot better. And Jack and Kate gets on my nerves. Sure. I said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brave. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are... Uh, it, it's, it's just painful. Like... It's one of those things where you're just, it, they're the couple that's always fighting. And mm-hmm. you're just like, God, this, I don't, I, you guys can have your issues, but I don't want to know about them. Right. <laughs> they get to the hatch and the alarm starts beeping a little bit after they get there. Sawyer lets Jack and Locke out and they uh, they start arming up to go out there. And Sawyer starts arming up as well because he's coming too. There's a point here where uh, uh, Jack's like, you, you can't come, you're like, you are recovering from a gunshot wound and you're on antibiotics right now and so I was like oh well lucky I got my doctor with me and we'll talk about it I, I imagine in a bit but like in saying that Jack is not like no you need to stay here yeah. I'm telling you you can't do anything he should knock Sawyer out and lock him up in the gun closet. yes <laughs> yes <If> anything just <laughs> uh we get to our second flashback and Jack is checking in on Angelo, who's sleeping when Gabriella comes in to the hospital room. He wants to know how her dad is doing, and Jack tells her that his counts aren't where he wants them to be. And mm-hmm. we learn that he has been running tests for a month. Um, she tells Jack that she doesn't believe in miracles and brings up that he has a wife. Weird. Um, mm-hmm. She is laying it on pretty thick and is flirting in front of her sick passed out father um yeah. which is always really cool to see in a television show um yes jack has been working since 4 a.m and um they kind of leave things be uh there's definitely a lot of flirtation but jack does leave and goes home to sarah um she's still awake uh when he gets in but kind of plays it off cool and asks how things are. He starts to apologize, and Sarah says to him, well, that's the price of being a miracle worker. With some pretty intense venom attached to it. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, I think that she gave a pretty good performance this episode. Yeah, agreed. I was not crazy about her in what we've seen her in up to this point. Um, We talked about it when she was in the hospital, and they were, I guess, flirting. It was pretty painful. Um... And I don't think that any of it's on her either. She just hasn't had a lot to work with. Yeah. But like, she, watching this and knowing what the ending is, um, she does a pretty like good understated like you know, I'm angry at you, but I'm also I I know it, there's no point in yelling mm-hmm. type performance, and it's pretty good. Yeah, I think she did a good job this episode too. Um, she leaves the room to start her day as Jack lays down. And she comes back and tells him that she took a pregnancy test and it was negative. He seems relieved. He seems pretty disappointed. Jack asks her if she wants to talk about it and she walks away from the conversation. I have in my notes, my question is, how are they having sex if he's never home? And Mm -hmm. the ending of the episode kind of answered my question. So, like, it's pretty safe to assume that this other person, right, was probably who she thought the father was just because they seem sure. to be so distant yeah i imagine there's some drama that we're just not shown of her like wondering whose baby it's gonna be mm-hmm. and like is she relieved that it's she's not having a baby with jack or that she with this other person i don't i gotta say i didn't get the sense that he was relieved necessarily oh you didn't um oh uh, just he seemed like he was like barely awake yeah um but true. Um, that that might have been it too. I got I I did get the vibe that he did want to like talk with her about it. I think he was um, being genuine with that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's a 
pretty harsh thing to drop on someone and be like, all right, well, I got to go to the gym. So yeah. catch you later. Bye. Six feet from the outside of the hatch, uh, Locke picks up Michael's trail. I do really love whenever we get a shot of the front door of the hatch. Mm-hmm. Because it's truly just like, I mean, I guess maybe it's because people are going in and out so much. But it's just like a few vines over a big metal door. Like, it's so funny that it took them using dynamite when they could have just been knocking over right. there. <laughs> Kate comes along as well. She asks Jack, hey, did you bring a gun for me? And Jack says, no, you have to stay behind because you have to push the button. Um, he basically says, no girls allowed. I mean, so patronizing. <laughs> yeah, he's being so rude to her this episode. Yeah. I will never understand... <clears throat> like, we get an explanation later on in this episode, right, of Sawyer being like, what, are you mad at her for something? And the implication being that uh, he's mad at her for um, being attracted to Sawyer, mm-hmm. or maybe for Sawyer being attracted to her. Um, but I can understand the mindset that Jack is in or whatever, Like, but like, I don't understand how Kate always just goes along with it. And obviously she didn't, but like... She doesn't really put up a fight. Nobody else around, like Locke and Sawyer, don't say anything when Jack yeah. says this. Like it's weird. it, like one of those things where Dad's just yelling at your sister, and you just got to be like, "All right, well, I'm not in charge, so I'm not going to say anything." Like mm-hmm. I, I don't. Um, I it's very weird that people like put up with it at all. Like it, it should be obvious. Like no, it would make perfect sense to take Kate along. She tracks. She picked yeah. up on trails. Yeah. And when Locke doesn't want to do it anymore, she really will be... Uh, uh, she will do whatever you say, Jack. Mm-hmm. So, so she'll keep up the trail. Yeah, anyway, it's very weird that no one sticks up for her. Sawyer asks why uh, he's mad at her. And Jack says... He says Sawyer loves her under his breath. And Sawyer asks him what he said and then gets interrupted, of course. They don't get to uh, spend any time on that. <laughs> Uh, Locke asks if any of this looks familiar to Sawyer. We get a classic Sawyer sarcasm line. Uh, oh, yeah, let me take a look around. Oh, look, there's my favorite leaf. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, but they do realize that Michael is not going back the way that Sawyer and Anna Lucia and all them took to get to the camp. He's going back. Uh, he's going somewhere different, completely new. So... Um, back at the beach, Kate is, uh, asking Hurley to watch the hatch as Jen watches on. Son comes and, uh, brings him a big floppy hat, uh, and they, they ask Hurley what's going on, and Hurley tells him about what happened, and Jen immediately starts packing up, and he's in his, uh, I'm gonna go out there too mode. But Son tells him that, uh, you know, about how horrible it was, wondering whether or not he was alive or dead with the raft. And that she doesn't want to go through wondering if he's okay. And he decides to stay. Yeah, Jin, um, pretty likable this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems like he uh, gets it a little bit. And we'll, I guess we'll get to the end. But yeah, uh, it's nice to see somebody making that choice. Uh, and then not having it be like a major plot point. Like, the plot point is that Jin decided to stay. Not that he, mm-hmm. like, decides to stay because son asked him to, and then it turns out, you know, Michael gets shot, so now Jin has to feel guilty because he wasn't there, and son has to feel guilty because she told him to stay. Like, mm-hmm. we don't, it, it's just, that's the, that's what it is. Jin is listening to his wife a little bit. Uh, Locke asks Jack what uh, he's going to do when they catch up to Michael. You know, like, what if Michael says, hey, I'm not coming back, which seems pretty likely. Uh, Jack says that he'll talk him into coming back, um, which seems pretty unlikely. And uh, then Locke says that he doesn't think Michael's going to want to. And he also questions, like, who are we to tell anybody what they can or can't do? Which is probably, I guess, as much of a rebuke as we get for the way he just treated Kate. Mm -hmm. But it's also a good point. I'm getting very intense libertarian vibes from Locke this episode. (laughs) Who's to tell us... You know, what we can or can't do, what we, what taxes we have to pay, what, you know, what, what, uh, the age of consent is, you know, who is to really say with any of that? Um, (laughs) yeah, that's funny. (laughs) That is, that is kind of Locke's whole vibe. Mm -hmm. Very much so. 
Uh, our third flashback comes, and Gabrielle is looking over some paperwork uh, with Jack, which Jack's lame. I don't yeah. think a doctor is like going to be that person walking you through paperwork. Like that's they have no. people that do that. Um, if you go to a hospital, I mean, maybe it's different. I guess if you're talking, if you're paying for the suite or whatever. But you go to a hospital, the trying to. Uh, talk to a doctor is extremely difficult. Right. So, uh, they're not sitting around telling you which dotted lines to sign on. Exactly. He is telling her that it's not too late to go back and that her father could live a very normal life for a year. Uh, she instead signs the paperwork and assures him that even if he doesn't succeed, she's giving them a chance. Uh, Jack says that he'll check on them, and Gabriella and him stand a little too close together. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's something going on there. Um, Christian walks in right as they're kind of, I don't know, getting in each other's personal space and wants him to sign some reports. Uh, he asks if he's interrupting anything, so he senses it too. Gabriella leaves, and... They kind of talk about it in sort of a cryptic way. Christian tells Jack that he needs to be careful and not cross the line. And Jack bites back a little bit. He says, well, you would know about that. And Christian tells him basically that, like, yeah, I did it, but you're just not made for it. Yeah. He says, yeah, I've cheated on your mom. Yeah. And that's fine because I'm the kind of guy that can do that. But you're not, Jack. You don't have what it takes to have extramarital sex. (laughs) And you never will. So weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they start climbing up a hill, uh, uh, team boys only. Sawyer calls uh, Locke Mr. Clean. Um, and Locke says, oh, why'd you choose that name? And so Sawyer says, oh, well, all you need is a, you know, an earring. And then he's like, no, no, no. Also, doesn't he say a white t-shirt too? He says, I think all he you does. Need is a white t-shirt and an earring, which I, we've we know seen on the show. T-shirts. He has it. Yeah, he you has it. You know he's partying bleach somewhere and keeping those yeah. crisp and white. <laughs> uh, but Locke says, no, I'm not talking about the nickname you just gave me. I'm talking about your name. Why, on the manifest, it says you're James Ford. So why'd you pick Sawyer? And um, Sawyer gets very defensive about it. Locke, it kind of seems like Locke knows. Like, he's asking extremely direct questions about, like, Who'd you get it from? Or he's, I guess, at least suspects something about it. I mean, I it makes sense to suspect something when you know that somebody has is going by a different name. Because um, Sawyer doesn't seem like the guy that like is going by the nickname his twelve-year-old uh, friends gave him. Right. Yeah. Like, Locke is so good at like when somebody gives him a jab, he just casually comes back like. At a hundred yeah. miles per hour, <laughs> like yeah, he's he's good at getting under the armor. Yes, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> um, uh, they're interrupted uh, with some gunshots that they hear. Jack starts calling out for Michael and then starts running straight for the gunshots, uh, which is wild. They they find where Michael shot from, but they only find enough casings for like three bullets, and they think that they heard seven shots. Locke so, smells the uh, casing for some reason. Yes. Yeah, and he's like, oh, there was gunpowder in here. Um, <laughs> so they, they know that there was some sort of shootout, or at least that the people that they're going up against are also going to have guns. Jack asks Sawyer if he's there, um, you know, for Michael, or if he's there to get payback. Um, which I guess it's implied that that's the re- that is the reason he just wants payback. And seems kind of shallow, because I thought... But they were cool now. Yeah, it seemed like they were better buddies than that. Although maybe yeah. it's just Sawyer acting like that uh, because he doesn't want to admit that he's going out there for Michael. That that seems up Sawyer's alley. So mm-hmm. first, uh, fourth flashback. Jack is upset and in scrubs. So he, obviously, surgery has taken place. Um, he's banging on lockers. Uh, he lost Angelo on the operating table after he got all of the tumor. And is pretty upset. I guess he was operating on him for seven and a half hours. Uh, Christian walks in and tells him to stop. And that he was a sick old man. Um, just trying to console him. And Jack says that he needs to tell Gabriella. And Christian already told her. 
Um, Jack is super upset about this too. And Christian decides that now is a good time to remind him that he is still chief of surgery. Um, A good, nice, nice, I guess not foreshadowing, but just like we know that he eventually won't be. Right. So Mm -hmm. uh, he's correct. He is still. It is weird because in my head I'm like, I think that that would be the thing to do. Uh, would be to tell her for Jack mm-hmm. if I was trying to be nice. But Jack clearly views it as a weird power play, but so does Christian. So it it doesn't, it's not nice at all, even though right. I, I think that that would be what you would want to do. Right. Like in any other relationship, the sentiment would be there. But because it's mm-hmm. Jack and Christian, we, it's like malicious in some way. Um, Jack is leaving the hospital to go home when Gabriella confronts him in the parking lot. Um, She's just waiting by his car. Um, Mm -hmm. She is crying and says, thank you for trying. Uh, Jack begins to comfort her and then they kiss with tongue for a while. And um, Jack walks away and this makes her cry harder. And, yeah. and says that he can't. Um, so it's just terrible timing. I feel like Jack is just so attracted to the damsel in distress. Like, yeah. It's ugh, hard to watch. Yeah. I, I mean, what an insane... Her mindset is so wild. Mm-hmm. Like, we, uh, we're obviously not going to ever delve into her as a character. Unless, I don't know, maybe she smuggles some drugs onto the island as well. Uh, I guess we'll have to keep on the lookout for that. But we're seeing some daddy issues with Jack, but whatever she's got going on is also insane. Yeah. Did you see in the in the um the Wikipedia or IMDb or whatever that there was a um I guess not a deleted scene but a rewrite. Originally, instead of being in the parking lot, they were just gonna make out on the operating table. Just what? on her dad's court. No, I mean Okay. Uh <laughs> I just think it's like, oh wow, uh, she uh, she couldn't wait four minutes after her dad died. That's yeah, cool. that's insane. <laughs> um, back on the island, we've reached nighttime. Um, Locke says that he's lost the trail, and uh, Jack is making some perfect torches. Uh, I do love on this show whenever they have this kind of stuff, where they have torches out in the jungle at night, like. The idea that that kind of light would work to light your way. Like, I guess it would light your way, like, directly in front of you. But it really wouldn't help you, like, see, like, stuff in the distance at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's just for television. They don't want to just show us a completely, you know, uh, uh, dark jungle. But I just always think it's so funny where they're just like, yeah, sure, these guys can just make torches anytime. They always have some cloth and kerosene with them. Right. And just any utility item like when they made the uh stretcher for Sawyer yeah <laughs> within like yes, 10 exactly. minutes like <laughs> they're just really good at stuff like that yeah to me the torches are just like they're like a video game item yeah like they have a timer of 30 minutes and then when it reaches that it's gonna like disappear into a puff of smoke out of Jack's hand mm-hmm. but yeah uh Locke says that he's lost the trail and Jack says that he's lying um or at least implies it um making it seem like Locke doesn't want to go out there, and Locke is like, no, yeah, I'm I'm going towards the sound of gunfire because I don't want to go out there. I, I mean, Locke has definitely been more hesitant about this entire thing, but I think rightfully so. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it is dark. It's, like, pitch black. Like, what, yeah. what is he going to do? Yeah, at this point, yeah. And also, like, I don't know, Michael also probably has to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe it would be a good time to catch up to him if you knew the trail or something, but uh, you don't. So maybe you should sleep too. But it, none of it matters because they are interrupted uh, by the man from the boat uh, in the season finale of season one. The part, the guy who uh, ended up taking Walt, the uh, we're going to need your boy. I got to say, I like this guy. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's a fun villain. He is. Um, played He's by MC Gainey. He's good, like, monologues. Yeah. Yeah, they, they give him a lot to, a lot of scenery to chew on. Mm-hmm. 
I, I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly how it comes about. But he gets known as like a fan nickname. Well, for one thing, he gets known as a fan nickname of Zeke. Because later on, Sawyer calls him Zeke. Uh, pretty much just because he has a big, you know, scraggly beard. But mm-hmm. as a fan nickname, I think he might get credited as it. But he gets called Mr. Friendly. Wow. Um, and so that's what people... That's what he is known by... Um, because obviously we don't ever get a name for him. Um, he, uh, he comes up, tells them that they need to back off. And Sawyer says, you know, that's the guy that took Walt. Starts walking towards him with the gun raised. And, uh, out of the, uh, jungle, uh, somebody shoots at him. Grazing his face with a bullet. Obviously nobody is shooting in the dark in the jungle, uh, with perfect accuracy. So I guess they were just going to straight up kill Sawyer there. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think would have it would have I don't think it would have made Jack do anything. Um, no, I think that at that point he would they would have just had to kill all three of them. But yeah, the 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 Mister Friendly tells Locke to uh, make a fire because uh, they need to have a nice chat. Back at the hatch, Hurley and Charlie are going through the hatch records. They find one by Geronimo Jackson, which is a fake band. Uh, that the producers of the show pretended was like a real old 70s band. Nothing really on them at the, at the moment, but we'll kind of see little references to them throughout the rest of the series. Mm. Charlie says he's never heard of them, and he's an expert in all things music. He has played in one band and had one hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, uh, they sit down, they have a little, uh, uh, little buddy time. Hurley asks Charlie about Libby, about whether or not he has a chance with her, um, saying it's like the perfect desert island scenario. Clearly putting himself on a limb out for Charlie. Charlie doesn't respond to it in any way, and then asks if Hurley thinks Claire is still mad at him. Uh, And Hurley says it's been one day. So, um, I mean, yeah, of course she is. Yeah. Charlie is such a loser. Yeah, he's a... He's a little baby this episode. Yeah. Um, I just wish that he in... would value his friendship with Hurley more. Like with Hurley, I know. Friend. There's no reason that they should actually be friends. Mm-hmm. Like, the only reason they're friends on the show is because they keep getting written in, into scenes uh, where that's the premise. Like, mm-hmm. otherwise, uh, all Charlie does is, like, call him fat and ignore him when he's uh, talking about girls now, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saeed shows up. And uh, makes a comment about how depressing the music they're listening to is. And then they uh, they fill him in. I, this is like a weird like reveal thing, which is that Hurley's like, oh yeah, they're all out there. Uh, Locke and Jack and Sawyer. Oh, and Kate's there too. But it's like, we already knew that Kate was going out there, right? Like, that was never in doubt. Right. Back at the, uh, the meeting out in the jungle, Mr. Friendly says uh, that Walt is fine when they ask about him. Saying he's a very special boy, uh, extremely ominous. Didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And then he basically compares uh, them being on the island to uh, an overfamiliar guest, saying, you know, when you meet a guy and you go into his house for the first time, do you take your shoes off and kick your feet up on the coffee table? Which is very funny because, like, I think basically everywhere except for the United States, well, you don't put your feet up on the coffee table, but you do take your shoes off. We're like the only yeah. people that. Our shoes on inside, <laughs> like, um, which I guess confirms that the island is part of the United States. Pretty cool. Uh, we figured it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he has a quote here. Uh, says from the dawn of our. He says, you know, somebody smarter than everybody else here once said, "From the dawn of our species, man's been blessed with curiosity," and that is a quote from Alvar Hanzo. Um, who was talked about in the the orientation film? Oh, in the Dharma Hatch, and there's like there was a whole I don't know if it's still up. I should take a look actually. There was a whole like website of the Hanzo Foundation where you went there, and that was like one of the quotes on it. Um, so I not really anything, but it makes it seem like the the others know about the hatch um, mm. or are familiar with it in some way. Well, he also says like opening up doors that you have no business opening or yeah. something like that. So Yeah, true. I think he knows that they're in there. Let me ask you, when you go to someone's house, do you get four or five sticks of dynamite and put it at their front door and blast it open, even though you could have just gone to the side door? 
Uh, but yeah, he says this is their island, and they're just letting the survivors of Oceanic 815 live there. And then Jack says, I don't believe you, which is wild. I mean, Jack, truly, like, bottom-tier negotiator here, right? Yeah. Really bad. Um, he should have let Locke do the talking. Yes, Locke, <laughs> yeah, Locke would have been respectful and <laughs> would have probably figured something out. And probably would have gotten something out of this guy right. in terms of information. But yeah, Jack says he doesn't believe them and that he doesn't think that they have the numbers uh, to do anything to the survivors. Uh, and that's why they sent Ethan in as a spy was uh, because they didn't have enough. So then Mr. Friendly gives a big like, oh, is that what you think? Okay, well, light him up. And then he does a big shout. I mean, he's truly chewing on the scenery here. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Twelve torches uh, just light up in the jungle all around them. Also perfect torches. And uh, yeah, they're surrounded. And then, of course, they they have uh, something on Jack, and tell, he tells Alex to bring out the girl, uh, speaking of Kate, who got captured. And they threaten to kill Kate if uh, they don't all agree to give up and go home. Um, and Jack waits until he counts down to three before he agrees and says that they'll go home. And they all have to drop their guns in a circle and... Uh, let the others take him. Uh, and this is where Sawyer calls him Zeke as well. What is Jack waiting for, exactly? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. He's such a jerk this episode to Kate. Oh, totally. The thing that I think is funny, too, about the whole, like, you don't have enough people to, like, take us out. Like, that's why he had to send an Ethan as a spy. It's like, all right, well, Ethan killed, like, five people. Yeah. <laughs> like... Uh, they, it, it seems like they maybe only need a few to take care of you guys. Mm-hmm. Back at the beach, Jin uh, tells Sun that he doesn't like being told what to do. Um, and Sun says, yeah, well, I also didn't like it for four straight years. Jin kind of like, uh, clearly he is like understanding like what a piece of shit he used to be. Yeah. Um, which is good. It may be could have used some sort of acknowledgement or like an I'm sorry type of thing right here, I think would have also been good. It is kind of weird that it's letting him skate on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the message we're supposed to take is that Jin is improving, which is good. And then uh, on the way back to the camp, uh, Jack brushes Kate off when she tries to apologize. But she doesn't Here's... really have anything to apologize for. Okay, honestly. so yeah, that's what I, I wanted to say was like, they're acting like it's her fault. But if Kate hadn't been there, there still would have been a ring around them, right, of uh, of people. Like, they would have gotten killed anyways. We know that they had guns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like Jack, like, would, Jack wouldn't have been able to talk himself out of it or something like that. Like, I, it, it's very weird that they're blaming Kate. Yeah. Or Locke and Sawyer, too. Locke really doesn't do anything. And then Sawyer tells her later, he's like, hey, don't beat yourself up about it, so... I guess Sawyer's not really blaming her. They're still not sticking up for her, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, our final flashback is here, and Jack comes home to Sarah, clearing the table for two. She asks how everything went, and Jack shares that Angelo died. Um, he helps her clear the dishes, and uh, then Sarah asks how the daughter took it. And... I wanted to check in with you. Do you feel like she knew something was going on? Like, maybe Christian hinted something to her? Or she picked up on something, like, in her intuition? Or... I mean, if you ask me, would Christian do that? The answer is yes. So that wouldn't shock me. But I also wonder if she just is maybe feeling like she just used to be the damsel in distress, and now Mm -hmm. she's not, so she doesn't get his attention, and... She sees this girl and knows that she's getting all of his attention for, you know, a month or something. For sure. So, yeah. uh, that, but yeah, um, she definitely suspects something. Right. Yeah. And he just blurts out that Gabriella kissed him and he kissed her back. And uh, Sarah's pretty hurt by this. She starts crying and Jack talks about how he's going to fix this and make it better and he's so sorry that he's been neglectful and he hugs her 
she doesn't hug him back. And I think this part was really good acting on Sarah's part. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really think that she signed in this scene. Um, she backs away and tells them that she is leaving him. And that's why her mom was here. She was helping Sarah pack. She also tells them that she's been seeing somebody else. And Jack starts protesting, but um, she says, you will always need something to fix and walks away from the conversation. Which is funny just because like her whole thing in the wedding speech was, you fixed me. Right. So I guess she just wanted to feel special about it. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to give advice to cheaters. But I will say when you are um, considering a divorce from a very wealthy man... You maybe don't lead with, I cheated. Maybe yeah. you let him figure that out if he has <laughs> to find out. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, he's gone all the time. Like, she yeah. already has a good reason to want to leave. The, uh, I do think it's interesting that his immediate reaction is, I'm going to fix this. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's when she, she drops the bomb. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, it's, I, I think it's a pretty good performance from Julie Bowen. Um. Uh, who I do think is really good. Have you watched Modern Family? No, I never got into it. She is good in that. That's a pretty funny show. I've seen clips from it. Like, the the two dads seem to go viral a lot. And they seem funny. Yeah, it is funny. It, it's It's good in the way of, like, you know, it's on ABC and it's clearly just meant to be... To appeal to everybody, right? Like, mm-hmm. the uh, Ed O'Neill character is kind of like a conservative-ish guy, and so sometimes he's right and everyone else is wrong, and sometimes, uh, you know, the liberal uh, gay couple is right and everyone else is wrong. Like, there's that kind of thing going mm-hmm. on, um, where you're like, oh, this show doesn't really have a point of view on everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. TV doesn't necessarily have to. Something crazy I heard about that show is that for, like, at least the first couple seasons, there was two showrunners, right? Mm-hmm. And they couldn't... They wanted the show to be two different shows, essentially. Like, one of them wanted it to be a super, like, saccharine, like, everybody learns an ep- uh, uh, everybody learns a lesson at the end of the episode mm. type of show where, like, you know, it's all about this this crazy family who is always there for each other. And then the other one wanted it to be a little bit more, like, cynical, and it's kind of, like, um, you know, making fun at the character's expense. And so, in order to reconcile that, they just had two different writer's rooms, and they would just alternate episodes. Really? So, like, the tone of the show, like, varies wildly from episode to episode. It's very weird. That seems so expensive. Yeah. Well, it just seems like a bad way to run a show yeah which i'm sure that they stopped at some point i don't i don't know exactly when that was but well it worked for a little bit at least yeah <laughs> yeah got people engaged show. yeah yeah they got they got what they wanted back at the beach uh Locke does call sawyer james in front of kate so i guess now kate knows his name is james um and sawyer tries to cheer her up says yeah don't you know don't uh don't beat yourself up about it um Locke sees Claire and Aaron on his way back to his tent, and uh, did you catch what he says here? Mm-mm. So he sees Aaron, and he's like, hey, hey, you know, and Aaron's like crying, he's like, oh, you're not happy to see Uncle Johnny, huh? Mm. It's like, it's like very, it's, it's like background noise, even though it's what's happening on screen. It, he, it's very soft. Um but, uh, yeah, I gotta say, not a fan of the name Uncle Johnny. I no. think we're gonna stick to Locke. Um, <laughs> I don't like that at all. Also, that is the biggest baby I've ever seen. Yeah, that baby. yeah. That's a, that baby's... That, that, that's, a, that's a boy. That's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's one of them boys. <laughs> um, yeah, as this is all going on, a, a presumably wholesome moment, uh, Charlie watches menacingly as, uh, you know, from... 20 feet away, I guess. Uh, and then out on the beach, our final scene of the episode, Anna Lucia is uh, giving some food to Vincent, and Jack makes a comment about how she's making friends. Um, which, yeah, I gotta say, I think I would start with Vincent. I think Anna Lucia yeah. is correct in this. Mm-hmm. And then Jack asks if it's true that she killed one of the others, and she says it is. And he asks her how long she thinks... Well, also, the uh, I think it's funny that he's like, 
So Saeed tells me you used to be a cop. How long do you think it would take to train an army? <laughs> Which is just such a funny thing. It's like, the guy from the military told you she's a yes. cop, and you're like... <laughs> But, like, yeah. I understand in the sense of, like, she's clearly a lot more ruthless than, like, if you did want to train an army, probably I would go to Ana Lucia. So, like, I don't blame him here, but I just think that that's such a funny sentence. Mm-hmm. Like, 90% of cops, you'd be like, how do you train an army? It's like, I don't know. I barely trained to be a cop. Right. The, <laughs> I, I passed the, like, the 16-minute mile test, so uh, I'm good. Um, and we're not going to ask me what my mile is so don't don't worry about that um uh yeah that's the end of the episode this came in at number 66 on imdb so pretty much square in the middle i think that's about right mm-hmm. um it's a good one i i like i mean it's fun seeing the interactions between them in the meeting right of uh of Locke and uh jack and sawyer and all of them but it does seem like we didn't really get info out of them at all. Yeah. Like, the only thing we really got was the Alvar Hanso thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess we know that there's at least 12 of them to hold torches in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think we probably could have assumed at this point. So, But yeah, that's, um, that's the episode. Next week is going to be Fire and Water, stylized as Fire plus Water. Uh, and it is a Charlie episode. So... Uh, you know, strap in your seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> put on your helmet. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, you know, brace for impact because it's it's happening, folks. We're getting another Charlie episode. If you enjoyed this program, if you wanted to leave us a review for five stars on five Apple stars, Podcasts, please. five stars, please. We would appreciate it. Um, you can email us all the best podcasts at gmail dot com. Send us a, a tweet. At all the best pods on Twitter, you know, go ahead and send us some. Um, you know, let us know what would you say is the lowest point in your marriage. Yeah. Um, I think we saw Jacks here, so you know, I'd be interested in hearing just some light stories about that kind of thing. And then we'll share it next week. Yeah, and we'll we'll and just include your full name. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and we'll we'll talk about it next week on the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, until then. Get lost. Get lost.